Hey gamers, this is Jason and Patrick, and welcome to RP Gamer Episode 2, a podcast about emotions and gamer feels. Patrick, would you say you're a uh, pretty emotional guy? Calling me out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I tend to cry a lot at things like music and books and movies. So maybe we should say, what are the things that you don't feel emotional about? Maybe that'll be an easier question. Rice cakes. Got it. I, I also don't feel a lot of attachment to rice cakes but if they don't have like flavor on them i just tend to pass up on them okay Kay. well pass away something i don't pass on is video games mm. yeah yeah i would say similarly but uh tell me more do tell uh so i guess i want to know about you because i would not consider you the most emotional person which is totally okay outwardly i would say that you are not the most emotional person um, when was the last time that you cried during a video game? Patrick, I can't believe that you would think I am not an emotional person. I exhibit all emotion at all time for the entirety that you've known me. He said with a monotone voice. Exactly. <laughs> the last time I cried during a video game. Um, okay. If I had to think about the last time I really cried and felt sadness or a reason to really feel an emotion it was several years ago um probably when i played god of war the first time um oh that why god of war i would not think of that being a game where you would actually cry yeah exactly um to clarify i think it was i don't think tears were falling down my face but they were in my eyeballs they were welled up there <laughs> and uh <laughs> and I'm, I'm talking specifically about i think it's 2018's god of war on the ps4 Oh, okay, so not the original. No, not the original. original. Well, to be fair, the original has some moments, but no, I'm talking about the new one, um, Dad of War. And I think that... Dad of War. Yeah, I think that there was a lot of emotional backing to feelings that the main character Kratos has. And if you've played all the other games, kind of the build up to that moment and um, realizing the loss that that character goes through was a, a... pretty emotional scene and i feel like when you combine it with the poeticness of the violence and the adulthood or the dadhood i should say and like being an adult with a kid uh it, it kind of makes you feel a lot of emotion for this character that you've known if you played since the ps2 for like literally 20 years so there's a lot behind that if i had to think of the last time i cried where i'm like yeah there are tears flowing down my face it is for sure from episode one of the walking dead or season one i should say at the very end of that that scene um, that game is a that game is a classic absolute classic. classic i think everyone probably knows what i'm talking about but a, a, a certain character dies and it's pretty emotional and i <laughs> i remember i'm up i'm still in indiana at this time up in my my room playing and i'm just sitting there at the lights off looking at my screen holding my xbox controller and there are just tears coming down my eyes as the credits are rolling and i'm just thinking like this is this this is amazing like i i was sad to be sad but also happy to have experienced such a fun a fun game that could elicit that sort of feeling. I can actually relate with you there. Uh, my first year with Scott in our apartment, we I was playing that game and I wept like a baby. Mm-hmm. And I, he'd never seen that before 
or that kind of emotional response from a video game because gaming was relatively new to him until we started seeing each other. So I think yeah. he was a little surprised. For me, though, I can't remember which one of these came first because I've cried at a lot of games, but there mm. are two that really stick out in my mind. Um, they're actually both indie games. One of them is called To the Moon. Are you familiar with that game? I don't think I've heard of that game. Okay, so it's a story-driven game, and it's about two workers that can create artificial memories for people on their deathbed to give them their dying wish. It's a pretty cool concept. Wow. They have to hop around this one guy's memories to make his dreams as authentic as possible, just so that way, like, you know, he gets to go out happy. Which yeah, is, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, like, that's a pretty, it's a pretty cool job, but you find out why he wants, why it's called to the moon mm-hmm. and he wants to go to the moon and you don't really know why it starts with his memories and you're hopping through and you're going backwards and there are a lot of complications and you find out there's a love story and the love story is very heartbreaking and you're okay. watching this guy die and you're seeing his sad memories but it's a really like wholesome sad you know yeah like end of life that kind of closure yeah definitely i see what you're saying the other one I actually had to put down and stop playing because of how badly it got to me. And it's called Jimmy and the Pulsating Mass. You uh, you told me about that one. Yeah, I, I heard yeah. about that since you told me. I'm I'm going to spoil it because I just like I really want to talk about it. I, I just this is the depth of how far games can go to give you an emotional feel. It really, mm-hmm. it really messed me up the entire game. You think you're in this kid's uh dream world it's like really strange what's going on it kind of looks like earthbound if you played earthbound before which i know you haven't but (laughs) okay i know what it is (laughs) (laughs) what is an earthbound Uh um delay like there are a lot of things that manifest in his dream world like he deals with his bullies his fears Uh they come up in different ways but everything that like those are normal things i feel like everybody has those things but everything changes in these situations and they get twisted by something called the pulsating mass. And it's this like peach colored mass that will manifest its way. It'll be a character. It'll mutate uh, a dog. It'll do something really odd. So it kind of changes things from Disney villains to super messed up twisted horror monsters. Ugh. But that's not why it's sad. The reason it's sad is you find out that like you're actually in the hospital in a mm. coma on, oh, your deathbed, on your deathbed and the pulsating mass that's taking over for this character is actually him coping with his cancer as mm. his cancer is taking over and kill it, it's killing him and Damn. like when i found that out i was really like i, I feel like i figured it <laughs> out up. earlier like pul- i'm just like it kind of looks like a can't like the pulsating mass looks like a cancerous tumor and every mm-hmm. time it appears it'll take over an entire room kind of like silent hill um, yeah. It's just so strange. I just I closed the computer. I was like, nope, done. I'm not playing this game anymore because I was already like crying. Yeah, like it infects your entire life. Wow, that's like deep for a video game. It was very deep. And it j- you wouldn't think because it just it looks so simple. It's just a very simple, almost Super Nintendo era video game. And it just it just it just went there. Hmm. You, you brought up that you needed to close your computer and kind of step back for a minute. Um, th- there are moments in games that elicit those feelings i feel if i know a game is gonna be pretty heavy i i do kind of have to be in an emotional state to be ready to play it so for example like if a, if a, there's a story heavy game so we reference the walking dead that series it's it's a visual novel basically it's all about story if i'm not really feeling that type of style i probably won't play the game because i don't really want to feel i might just want to 
mindlessly shoot things in Overwatch or play an RPG where I can more so just look at menus. Do you ever feel like there's a certain mood you need to be in to play a game like that? You knowing that it's heavy, knowing it's going to be story driven, anything like that that you can think of? Yeah, um, I I think so. You don't pick up a multiplayer game expecting a tear jerking reaction. Mm-hmm. If you're in the mood to just blow stuff up, you just blow stuff up. Good point. So if I'm streaming or if I just want to let off steam, I'll play a game like Smash or I'll play Streets of Rage because I just need to release. So some people don't have the capacity for emotional games. And I think that's totally okay because it's not their MO for gaming. But more often than not, I'll make time for those emotional games because that's what I'm I'm drawn to. Like I'm drawn to media that makes me feel. Yeah. I, I do have to be careful about certain emotions when gaming though, because mm-hmm. I, as I said earlier, like it really, it can really get to me. Sometimes it can be in a good way. And sometimes it's just, I get stuck in that vibe and it's really bad. I guess I want to know, because we tend to focus on the negative and the sad things. Do you find that sadness is the overwhelming emotion in video games? Or do you think that there are other standout emotions? There are other standout emotions for sure. I I feel if you're talking about emotions in games, you know, quotation, looking for the headline on IGN or whatever, you're probably talking about sadness or loss or some sort of generally considered negative feeling. I feel like it's because those are the ones that you don't go to a game probably looking to find. So no one really goes to play Horizon Zero Dawn thinking like, wow, this is going to make me feel really sad about myself. Uh, You go there for the action and the fun of exploring. So when the games offer something different, those stand out to you. It doesn't mean they're the only ones, though. So um, you mentioned Earthbound. I think that's a good one where it sneaks up on you. Then you're kind of like, wow, I wasn't expecting it to be that deep. Um, a more recent one that I actually have played is Celeste. That one definitely kind of sneaks in there and, and you get bits and pieces of what that game is about. But as you get further and further, you're like, oh, shit, I wasn't expecting that. In terms of other emotions, though, I think that we already kind of touched on it a little bit where you might play a multiplayer game to let off steam or, or stress. So you might find joy from playing with friends. So you might know, I don't know what I call it, winner's high, maybe when like you win a competitive game. Or if you defeat a difficult boss in an RPG, you kind of have this sort of joy and and emotional release there. I guess I want to know what the difference between, to you, a game-based emotional response versus a success emotional response. You know what I mean? Like, a game is created in a way to make you feel that way. Do you feel like that's different than what you were saying about playing a multiplayer game and getting that joy of playing with your friends is there a difference between plot causing that emotion ah got it um yes i i think there is i feel when a developer can make a game with the intention that the player will walk through these specific steps and experience this story they can really play with the player's emotions and their mind at the time and really kind of draw them into the the story of what's happening so i would feel more like Lee from The Walking Dead, for example, then I would ever feel like I would be Tracer from Overwatch. And that's pretty cool. Like it it gives very different emotions because then I care about that character because I feel more like them. So I experience their joys and their happiness. And ultimately, that's kind of what makes me enjoy video games overall. Of course, I love to win and, and have fun with competitive games. But the ones that I remember are the ones that make me feel like I was that character. I experienced their wins and their losses. And I developed that story. So I, I think in that sense, since most characters have a range of emotions, to get back to answering the basic question that was here, yeah, that you can get multiple emotions from a game. It's not just uh, sadness. Um, they could be all over the place. 
I think for me and some of the other games that I tend to play, surprise is a big one because of plot twists. Well, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. want to go in too deep like right now because I just want to talk about the base emotions, but terror is also a big one that sticks out to me or terror and fear. Definitely. The, another one that I didn't actually touch on, uh, comedy is a big one too. I, I feel like games that make me laugh are, are amazing. Um, I think you and I have both played Undertale. I think that's a, a great game and that there's some funny moments in there that's mixed in with some sadness. I guess I want to know what aspects of games promote emotional response. Like what have games done well that really gives that? When a developer makes a game, knowing the player will walk through certain story events, um, they can make you feel for that character. For any of the games we talked about before, I mentioned God of War, Walking Dead, um, Undertale. You know you're going to interact with those specific characters that are in that story. You as the player feel the emotional response of that character. For example, in Undertale, as you go through that game, there's lots of characters you interact with and see. And I'm not thinking, I want to move through this level because I want to complete the game. I'm thinking, I want to talk to Sans because I need to see what he says because he's funny. Um, Yeah, I I agree with that completely. I think, like, the more that a character is developed, like you said, the more emotionally attached you get to them. Uh, And it sets up some of the other emotions, too. Like, it can set up the surprise through things like plot twists and character deaths. You get those oh shit moments. Like, Mm -hmm. did you ever play Legends of Dragoon? Yeah, on the PS1. So in Legends of Dragoon, like the oh shit moment being the villain you're like sworn to kill in the video- very beginning of the game is actually one of the party members. Yeah, like, he's with you the whole time. Right, and you just... <laughs> yeah. it's, it, but because of that development, because of the relation that those characters build, you're like, oh man, like I can't believe that. Other times I think of uh, Infamous, mm-hmm. where the main villain, the final boss is you. Mm-hmm. And they they came back to basically make sure that you were ready to take on what's to come. And I just feel like those kinds of character developments are just mind blowing. They're just mind blowing. Totally agree with you. I think when, when a character isn't following the normal archetype for that character and they really pull the rug from under the player and give you that shock value that you're saying, those make really fun games. And those are games that win awards and people remember years to come. So I, I think that that's amazing. And the fact that a video game can do that is is pretty cool. What about you, Patrick? Are there any aspects of games that you can think of that really promote all kinds of emotional responses? Yeah, the one that gets me the most is music. Oh, um, music. That's a good mu- point. Music truly can bring an emotional response out of me. I remember playing Final Fantasy VI when I was nine and there was something about the combination of Tara's struggles, even as a nine-year-old, I like mm-hmm. recognize this um, and the overworld map theme. Oh, so that, good. <laughs> yeah. And it really just brought me down. And I remember being in the car, my mom, maybe we had a dentist appointment. I remember it being in the middle of the day and I just remember like turning to her. I'm like, mom, is it okay if a song makes you cry? Mm-hmm. My mom's very supportive of those things. So she was like, you know, of course it is. Like, uh, this song makes you cry. This song makes you cry. Mm-hmm. And she was like, what song made you cry? I'm like, <laughs> a, a video game song, which she didn't. <laughs> no, she Patrick, didn't no. <laughs> <laughs> so for her, she's probably like, no. But uh-huh. yeah, so, um, song can really get to me. There are other songs like Chrono Cross, pr- pretty much 
half of the tracks in Chrono Cross that aren't the happy ones have the same effect on me. I really think music and sound do the greatest job of inspiring emotions like other emotions too, like fear and anxiety, joy, sadness, all of them. I think it's the other, aside from plot or character development, the strongest proponent of emotional responses. I'm really happy you brought that up because I didn't even think about that in this entire layout for what we we're going to talk about today. I, I didn't come to my mind. Well, some but, of us were prepared. Wow. Okay. But it still fits into what I'm, I was thinking. Cause I, I also think that final fantasy as a series really promotes a lot of emotion from you. And they do a lot of musical links to that emotion. So you mentioned um, final fantasy six, great game. And I, and I love Terra's theme. It's, it's amazing. But if I'm thinking of one that really sticks out to me, it's probably final fantasy nine. And they, they will use the melodies of life like theme throughout the entire game for many different aspects of that game. And there's a specific scene in the beginning where a character is basically kind of dead and they do a, a spin on that song, but they give it a much more sad tone. And that one song, it, it plays in the beginning and then it's the overworld theme and it, it plays as kind of a love theme later. And just the way that they twist it and make it feel different for each scene and emotion is pretty cool. And you're totally right. Like books don't give you that. And you get that from a game like you could in a TV show, I suppose. But it's definitely another layer that I think creates a really, really wonderful game and a really great emotional feeling with playing that game. You know, and it's funny thinking of franchises as a whole, especially something like Final Fantasy. I personally think Final Fantasy is hit or miss. But when they get it right, like you said, they totally get it. For me, it's Final Fantasy X. Mm-hmm. Um, sp- like thinking of how they handled how you feel about Yuna on her pilgrimage. Oh yeah. And I think it's a combination of all the things that we've talked about. It's the plot. It's the twist. It's the characterizations. And it's also like the music and the tone from the very beginning where you get a little preview of like two thirds, three fourths of the way through the game when they're sitting Mm -hmm. there and that beautiful piano medley comes on. Mm -hmm. It's just so great. Are there other games or franchises that you think that stick out in terms of like really doing good jobs of provoking emotion? I think that there's games that definitely try. Um, If we're looking at an entire development company, I feel like Bioware really pushes for that a lot with a series like Mass Effect, Knights of the Old Republic, Dragon Age. They're trying to get you to get emotional responses with those characters. And largely it's probably because you're playing them from a specific point to a very critical point in that actual character's life. And I think that it, it can be hit or miss. For my mind in Mass Effect, specifically Mass Effect 1, let's just talk about that one. There there are some scenes where I think that you're supposed to have emotional feeling behind choosing if someone lives or dies or possibly... L- literally the worst questions in <laughs> sand- sandbox games is like, get the reward and get this, but screw over this person and they die or they're poor or whatever and you just devastated them. Exactly, exactly. So there's questions like that in that game. And I think for me as a player, I didn't have enough buy-in at the time to really care so much. And I think largely it was because that world was so big and there's so many other characters that maybe I just cared about more that it it wasn't that hard for me to make that choice. So I think that in the grand scheme of things, if you're looking at it from a world perspective, yeah, that's pretty terrible because that person's now dead. But in the player set of it, looking at it from a different perspective, it, it was kind of easy. So I think that Bioware probably wanted it to be a little bit more um, of a difficult choice, but it just didn't quite work for me. 
Granted, if I look at other choices Bioware has made amazing ones, we can look at the very first Dragon Age, there's some scenes that really kind of provoke emotion. It just felt different. But at the same time, there's characters like Karth that I just don't care about that much. So it, it's it's difficult to do, but like Final Fantasy, you said, when they do it right, it can really, really hit it out of the park. For me, trying to think like outside of just sadness or f- just simple feels for characters and what happens, mm-hmm. Silent Hill and some of the more Resident Evil, more recent Resident Evil games hit that fear yeah so deeply like psychological fear <laughs> like resident evil 2 the remake resident evil 7 i haven't played it yet i've watched a little bit of it it looks terrifying yeah it definitely does i actually have a stack of games next to me and those two are literally right there <laughs> just staring at you waiting staring at me those two spines yeah, yeah. <laughs> i feel like terror is not something that's easily done mm-hmm. i feel like that's definitely one of those emotional responses that can be really weak because you tend to expect things like jump out scares you tend to expect things like gore to be scary which gore is not scary it's just gross Mm -hmm. but the tone the atmosphere is really really what can make something terrifying and music things like (laughs) games like resident evil and silent hill really hit that well and i think that's why they're so successful Random side question. Do you have a Resident Evil story about the first time you may have gotten scared by playing that game? So growing up, Resident Evil 1 was like the original Resident Evil 1 was the first Resident Evil I ever saw. It was not the first survival horror game I played because we had Alone in the Dark on our like really old computer. Mm-hmm. Um, but So I was a little familiar with survival horror games. But Resident Evil 1 my brother played because I was too afraid to play it. It's It literally was as simple as when the zombie turns around, like when your first encounter with a zombie, yeah. I was terrified. It was in the sixth grade. A PlayStation had just come out. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil was a very early game of uh, the jumping graphics, like all of the above the imagery, just really setting in my mind. It was cool. And I always think scary is cool, but scary is also scary. And it sits with me. How about you? <laughs> yeah, man. I remember this one summer, playing Resident Evil 2 on the Nintendo 64, because that's we didn't have a PlayStation. I'm less than 10, so I probably shouldn't have been playing it. But I'm literally in my room playing on this TV that's no, literally smaller than the computer screen I'm looking at right now. And it's the scene in the mansion, or the, not the mansion, I guess the, the, the police station. Yeah. Police station. Uh, where the dog comes by and the window cracks, and then the dog eventually jumps through it. I was so scared, and I was playing it knowing that it was like a game about zombies and that I would have to shoot things. Having not played any other Resident Evil before, the lights are off, and I remember that happened, and I like noped out of that situation. <laughs> so I, uh, I like got up, I turned off the sixty four, turned my lights on, opened the door, and like didn't play for like another hour or so. And I was like, this cannot happen again. So it was, oh man, it was just weird. I'll always remember that from. I don't know. I feel like when it came to Resident Evil two, I feel like some of those tactics were a little cheesy for me because it had been done in Resident Evil one. Mm-hmm. so that might be something that's kind of a little bit more on the ineffective side for me i guess what i want to know is for you because that was kind of my example of, of this are there other games that have ineffectively drawn emotions i'm sure there are games that have done that i feel like these are games that want you to feel one way but you just don't so kind of i could reference like the the mass effect example from before but if i'm thinking of 
For our um, viewers, the only game that Jason has ever played before is Mass Effect. I literally only play Mass Effect. I'm playing it right now, actually. If I needed to think of a game that did that first, I, I would feel probably Ocarina of Time on the N64. Because I don't think it's as a game that you think about emotionally. But I felt like when you played that game, you start in the Kokiri Forest and you go to the Great Deku Tree first. And the tree... Spoilers, the tree dies at the end because of reasons for the plot. And I just remember being really mad. And I felt like at the moment you were supposed to be ready to start your adventure and you were supposed to be upset or sad that the tree had passed away. But I just remember feeling, I'm not sad. I feel mad that I couldn't save this tree after I did all that effort. So I think that the game didn't mean to do that, but it still was kind of how I felt. So actually, I, don't think it- I think they did. And I kind of like, well, I don't kind of, I 100% agree with you. I feel like it's a big trope in video games to do things like that, where something happens mm-hmm. and you can't do anything about it. They just really want to force you into that. Like either you did something wrong or we wanted you to care about this and we just take it away from you immediately. My example yeah. is when you, get a villain to change their ways after you've defeated them. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, Oh, this person came around. We got to see their progression and they're like, cool now. And then five mm-hmm. minutes later, they're dead <laughs> because the, <laughs> the, like their boss comes in and just basically didn't like that. They're decided to be good. and yeah. kills them. They it's have like, contributed their amount to the plot and now they're done and they're gone. Yeah. It's like, I didn't even get the chance to care about this character. Yeah. So I mean, why, the, why does it matter? Like, why did you have to do that? Like, exactly. That's the exact Deku tree thing. I'm like, it, it did nothing for me. And I was like 10 and I, I recognize this. Like, this is not the right way to do it. But I digress. I also would say like Kingdom Hearts is the worst. Mm-hmm. When I beat the first Kingdom Hearts, like that was one of the games that actually made me tear up at the very end. So it does have a few points where it successfully makes you feel something. Mm-hmm. However... Every time anyone dies in a Kingdom Hearts game, it's really hard to feel bad about it because of yeah. how frequently get it gets retconned. Like, yep. this person now has a heartless version and they have a nobody. A nobody. Right. <laughs> and there, is there one more? Did Like, the 3D... There's, like, game? a coded version or something like that, right? The digital one? Something weird? There's something like that and it's like, oh, and even though this person died, we use their memories to bring them back. Yeah. <laughs> and this person is actually like has 13 different versions of it's just so out there that like, it's like, okay, I don't mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, oh good, uh, this person actually died. See, you know what's really funny is that you brought up what a listener that doesn't know Kingdom Hearts might hear and think, those are all really funny things to bring up, but those are actually plot points that happened in every game none of that was made up there are lots of times developers want to reveal something that's supposed to be surprising or out of nowhere or in your example it happens in one game but then matters nothing at all in the next game do you think any of the games have that same sort of feel for you i wouldn't necessarily say for that if i'm thinking of something that really just didn't surprise me the first one the first thing that pops in my mind is Resident Evil 5, mm-hmm. which you, me, and Kevin played that in college. I know you were probably just hanging around, but it was just mostly me and Kevin. And there was this whole thing about who this mystery woman is that comes in. <laughs> I know exactly what this is. <laughs> and it kicks your ass. At the same time, you get a flashback 
about how Jill mysteriously disappears. Mm-hmm. And there, it's like, no, duh, that Jill is this masked woman. Like, you aren't doing anything to hide that. And it's hard for me because Jill is my favorite Resident Evil character, like 100% favorite. And the concept of something happening to her is very cool. I am so about character death. I This sounds terrible. I would love it if a character that I actually liked died. So that way I get that emotional response. Or I would love it if, you know, like she is permanently evil or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the way they did it was just so bad because you just knew it. And it didn't, it just didn't matter. It was just like, no duh. Yeah, I, I'm glad you bring that up too because it makes me think of, especially with like TV shows that we watch, I like when a show is over, like not season canceled, it's over. But when the show is like, we're going to have four seasons and it wraps up because then you have closure and you see like the full arc of a character and you can really appreciate their journey and maybe where they ended. So for Jill's example, they kind of ruin that because her legacy from the previous games are just kind of like, and you don't need, you don't get them anymore. So are, are there other examples of that or do you feel like that's something exclusive to maybe tv shows or movies or is this like a only a game thing if i had to rank it i think that films do the utmost best job of feeling for a character just because you are visually seeing it you're hearing it and it's such a small dose that you get to see it come to completion Mm -hmm. i would next say video games and the only reason i would put video games behind film is because sometimes this like actualization of whatever emotional response can take 30 hours like there might be that finish there might be that and there might be whatever it is that peak that brings that response whatever kind of response that might be but it might take a very long time to get there and i feel like that's an advantage that a movie has over something like a video game or a tv show I don't tend to get too emotional from novels. I have before. And it's funny because, I mean, like, I am a retired English teacher. Retired makes me sound so old. I am married. Mm-hmm. I have left my career in teaching and I taught mm-hmm. English. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it, I don't always feel emotional responses because I really have to be in a certain environment in order to really visualize what's going on. With that being said novels can and they can do it very well i remember reading um harry potter and the chamber of secrets and uh-huh. when you fi- i was i was reading them as they came out so i might have been 10 or 11 i remember being in my parents house here in indiana they live in the middle of nowhere it's one o'clock in the uh-huh. morning i'm so into this book and when the <laughs> big reveal happens when you find out that tom tom marvelo riddle is uh is Voldemort and he does like the I am Lord Voldemort switch mm-hmm. I was terrified so <laughs> n- like legitimately yeah. like I was shook so novels have the opportunity to do that but I just don't feel like it's very often yeah actually it's funny you bring that up because I remember that specific part in that book it's actually written in different font in the actual page yes it's it's yeah it's terrifying I think it, it's really pretty cool too yeah definitely definitely I feel like uh, my key takeaways from this is that uh, that Patrick is really invested in the shock value of lots of lots of media. Would you say that's uh, would you say that's true? Yeah, I think that's true. It's not just shock value for me, though, but I will say I don't find them often shocked. So I'm very impressed when I am because I do get such a response. But I also am very invested in things that make me sad. 
this might not be that healthy, but it it's it's true. Like I'm really drawn to those things that are going to give you that emotional feel. I feel like it's a part of human nature to feel. Mm-hmm. And it's something I, I like. I just enjoy about being a human that I can feel. How about you? What's kind of your takeaway? Do you feel like games should be doing this? Is this something that you enjoy? You feel like you could look for more? Yeah, I do. I think the games that I really stick with and play till the end or the ones that I remember after I've played them are the ones that really do pull on multiple emotions. So it's not just the gore factor of Mortal Kombat or anything like that. It's the the story of, I don't know, any any story game. Uh, Ocarina of Time is a great story game, even though the Deku Tree scene made me upset. Overall, there was so much more happiness, joy, sadness, exploration, fun, comedy that made that game sound and play and feel great. And those are the ones that stand out to me. So in terms of what I would want to play or have a preference for, the games that really do have a stronger emotional appeal are absolutely what I like to play. Gamers, we want to hear what you all think about emotions in video games. Let us know which games hit you right in the feels over on our Instagram and Twitter at HeyRPGamer. This was pretty heavy stuff, but we're not done just yet. We're going to take a small break, and we'll be back with you shortly. All right, Patrick, it's been a little bit of time. Uh, What have you been playing recently? Because I have been getting ready for some content for our YouTube channel. I've been kind of, yeah, exciting. I've been meddling with some recording software. I thought it'd be Mm -hmm. easiest to start with the computer. So I've actually been playing a Steam game. I was playing Mm -hmm. Legends of Grimrock, which came out maybe like eight years ago. I was going to say, that's an old one, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not terribly old, but it's mm-hmm. in a very classic style. It reminds me of, like, yeah. 90s Dungeon Delvers. Mm-hmm. It's all grid-based, so it has a different kind of appeal. Like, your characters all move in a in a unit, like a, a two-by-two box. So you'll have a party of four. And if monsters attack you from behind, only those characters that get hit from behind are hit. Or if you get attacked from the right side, your two characters on the right get hit. I really love it for its puzzles. It is such a great puzzle game. And Mm -hmm. as you delve further down into this dungeon, the puzzles escalate. There's lots of secrets. I highly recommend it if you are someone who likes games that are reasonably high on the fantasy level, but really integrate puzzles and fantasy well, like puzzles and RPGs. How about you? What are you playing? Well, now I kind of wish I was playing Legend of Grimrock. This past now, week or now two... Now available on Steam. <laughs> no, but we're not getting paid. This past week or two, I actually picked up my Switch to start playing Hyrule Warriors Age no. of Calamity. Why? Oh my god, why? No. Okay, oh wait, this is this is my segment. <laughs> uh, so I, I had it in my Switch for a while, and I just haven't picked up my Switch. So I grabbed it, and I realized I was in the middle of a fight. And so I, I started playing it, and maybe I'm... 10 hours in so far and i'm not super deep but it's kind of fun i think i i did play all of breath of the wild and i I did actually play all of the original hyrule warriors i don't believe you this no literally and this game has kind of nothing to do with the first hyrule warriors just it's the concept but it, it was fun and i definitely liked breath of the wild for its story and this is probably the reason i'm playing this game is because it's more story for that world and that's pretty cool but i guess i gotta know why you don't want me to play this game i 
am not a fan of Dynasty Warriors based games. I played the Dragon Quest, um, something's woes in the world below or whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> Dragon Quest Heroes. Yes, yeah. thank you. I really love it in terms of it immers- immerses you in the world of whatever you're playing. But mm-hmm. for me, it just stops there because you're hitting the same buttons over and over again, and they're not very challenging. Yeah, that's true. I think uh, I think the subgenre is called Muso. I think that's what it is, that type of game. But Dynasty that's not Warriors. for everyone. It's Dynasty Warriors. I think that it, it's it can be fun, and it, it can be a little mindless. But when the mindless action is kind of truncated with this world and characters that I kind of care about, I could dig it. Also, the visuals are pretty great. That's fair. I respect it for the story content, but I would rather see a Zelda sequel instead of a Zelda prequel. Truth. Gamers, welcome back to our second segment of Emotions and Gamer Feels. Jason and I thought it would be a lot of fun to play another game. Not always, but typically you'll see us playing a little fun game with each other to kind of shake things up uh, Mm -hmm. for our second segment, especially because sometimes the content of our first segment is so heavy. So what we decided to do this time is we would play a little game of Would You Rather. So what we did was we picked six of the most common emotions that you tend to see in video games. And we are going to put each other through different situations in which you have to decide what you would rather do. So if I had to give an example of it, if I Mm -hmm. picked the emotion frustration, I would ask Jason, Jason, which do you think would be the more frustrating experience playing a Kaizo run of Mario maker or beating dark souls with a guitar hero guitar? which has been done. And I would say yes. <laughs> no, I would I would pick which one I would rather do, probably eliminating the one that I think is worse and choosing the least great of the two options. Right. And Jason and I drew straws and basically because I demolished him in the draft on our last podcast. Okay, sure. Luck turned out that he gets to go first this time. So, take it away, Jason. All right. So for this one, um, we are going to be looking at the emotion of disgust or gore. Oh, great. I love gore. And lovely. So setting up the scene, I want you to imagine that you are not watching the video game happen, but you're actually a person in this world watching this one of these two things happen. So would you rather watch in real life in full detail as Sub-Zero rips the spine out of his opponent... Or watch as Scorpion engulfs a person in flame. Oh, man. So I actually don't like gore at all (laughs) uh, because the imagery really sticks with me. Yeah, I'm imagining like muscles tearing as spines come out and people screaming in pain. I feel like even though it would be the slower, more painful death, I think I would rather experience someone being engulfed in flames because, well... No, because then I would see their burning flesh. Gross. Okay. I feel like it would probably be the spine (laughs) ripping out because video games have probably prepared me for that much, but I feel like video games don't do someone burning to death well. Mm -hmm. Well? Right? Is there a right? Is there a well? I don't know. It's gross, though. But that's what I would decide. (laughs) 
I like. I just want to point out that uh, our viewers can't see the camera. I'm looking at Patrick, but I watched his mind just change the answer midway through saying it. <laughs> I good. I just I really don't like gore, which is funny because I love mm-hmm. Resident Evil games. But like, there's for me, there's a difference between seeing video game gore, real mm-hmm. life gore, and movie gore. I can only Definitely. do. I can only do video game gore. Definitely. Okay. 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 Me turn. Me turn. Me turn. Okay. So. The emotion that I drew for you first was anno- mm-hmm. annoying. Oh my god! Okay, of course you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Jason said that because in college, I mean, I was pretty much the annoying one who was always loud and obnoxious. Pretty much is an understatement. Yeah. So for me, this is kind of like the same thing. If it is, if you had to re-experience this, which one mm-hmm. would you rather re-experience? Would you rather re-experience Titus's laughter scene from <laughs> Final Fantasy X? Okay. Or your cat constantly ejecting your disc? No, I'm just joking about that one. Scott told me to oh put that God. in there. What the heck? <laughs> or the I'm Captain Bosch scene from Final Fantasy XII? Oh, God. Um... <laughs> I mean, these are... So I'm like, I'm like a person in the scene watching it? I No, it's kind of like if you had never played those before because you know oh, you I know see. what they both are yeah, yeah like yeah. which one do you think really emotes <laughs> the annoying vibe more i mean uh, my friend group actually non-jokingly t- brings up the final fantasy 10 one of of t- titus titus laughing so I, I think I got to pick that. You had you have too much emotion behind your laugh, so that's not good enough. <laughs> oh, man, that scene is so funny. It, I just the fact that it's actually woven into my, I would say, weekly kind of joking patterns is just that that tells you something. OK, uh, next I, I, I want to add something there really quickly. I actually showed Scott the scene from that game because I eventually want him to play it. And he thought it was fake. No, he definitely knew it was like authentic, but he's like, you want me to play this game? It's it's <laughs> like, that's that's terrible. But you're not selling it to him that well. Right. And for me, it's like that scene is so terrible. But really, it shows a great connection between those two characters. You know, like, yeah, it does. It really does. But oh my god, it's so annoying. <laughs> so annoying. And it's like the first gamer experience to like uh typical voice acting. <laughs> like it can only go up at least. Right. And it does. Like there are some really yeah. pretty high voice acting moments in the game. There are some really lows too, but low lows. Okay, your turn. Okay, for my next pick, I didn't know that you would be so much into surprise and shock, but that is what I chose for you. So if you're playing these games, would you rather be there in the game world when it is revealed that the player character was Darth Revan in Knights of the Old Republic? Spoilers. Or when Andrew Ryan gave his famous would you kindly speech? What was the bigger surprise for you? And what would you want to see happen? So the funny thing is because I had to draft or I had to pick to like Shocking was going to be one of my choices, and the Andrew Ryan mm-hmm. speech was mine. <laughs> Perfect. I honestly think that the main character being the villain and not knowing is overdone, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to amnesia characters. So I would want to yeah. be there for, well, is I guess, 
Yeah, no, I guess it is different if it's Andrew Ryan because uh-huh. you, he's the one who's basically directing you. Yeah. So I think I choose Would You Kindly. I would be very similar. And I, now I kind of wish that I had not picked that one so I could answer it myself. <laughs> well, you're going to need to answer this one. Go. Continuing with the whole I'm an annoying person. <clears throat> I chose Lovely. Frustrating. So okay. this is a as a gamer, if you are playing this game, which one would you rather do? And I really think that you're going to appreciate those because I know these are both games from your wheelhouse. So excellent. Which do you think would be more frustrating? And I want you to tell me why for both of them fighting a, okay. a Mega Man boss without the specific weapon to beat them. <laughs> okay. Or fighting Gil from Street Fighter Third Strike on hard mode. God, I just you could just clarify by just saying you could just say Gil and just leave yeah, it just, at that. I, but I want our uh, viewers or listeners to know. Yeah, yeah, I was covering my mouth too, but like I was laughing at the Mega Man example, and then once Gil got brought up, I just stopped laughing. Um, <laughs> oh God! So which one is more frustrating? Yeah, which one is I more mean, frustrating? It's, it's absolutely Gil, because I I feel like with okay, so with with the reason it's not Mega Man. By the way, I love Mega Man. It's my favorite video game character. I think that if you don't have the right ability, it doesn't mean you can't still win. Like, it's just it's just harder. Um, so if you don't have, like, I don't know, you don't know a way to beat Magnet Man, but you still have your gun, so your, like, skill can actually defeat him. With Gil, I feel like, even on normal, he's kind of a B, and he's just straight up broken in my mind in that game. Oh my god, it's so frustrating. So that that's definitely the one I would pick. I That is the much more frustrating thing. So I guess I would rather do the Mega Man one, but the Gil one is much more terrible. And if if you've never played those games, the reason it's awful is like tenfold. But the biggest one is that if Gil has a full super meter and when you beat him once, he can resurrect to like full life again. It's the literal it, worst. It is the worst thing ever. And when we were in college, our uh, union had a Street Fighter 3 third strike machine and I would go there between classes sometimes and I would routinely get to Gil. And just once I got there, there was times I would just leave. Like I would just I wouldn't even fight him. I would just I would just walk out. And it's just it's not it's not. fun. Maybe I needed to balance it out a little bit more and say when you get to Wiley's level where you have to boss rush all of them, you have to beat them without <laughs> using. How, now, is that a little bit more balanced now? So it's more balanced, but I would still pick Gil. Like, I don't <laughs> even know what you would say that I would not pick him. It's just it's just not fair. beating Dark Souls with a guitar hero guitar. <laughs> I would still probably pick that. Um, <laughs> All right, your turn. Okay, this is our third one, right? right so cool. this will be our last one. Last one. Uh, all right, so for this last one, I picked fear um, as the main feeling that you want to experience. So, would you rather play Amnesia, The Dark Descent, in total darkness and alone in a room all by yourself, or play the entirety of Resident Evil 7 in VR mode with no breaks nothing else you got to play the whole game straight through uh, so i don't know how well i could handle being in the dark uh okay i feel like that would terrify me even more than the actual game and i know the game is very terrifying i so i would have to choose i would rather play resident evil 7 in vr mode without taking a break i would probably walk myself to the bathroom Oh, I mean, you can like use the. I mean, like you don't get to take off the headset, the VR headset to like look at the real world. Like 
let's just assume you never have to use the bathroom. You never have to eat. So the other reason too is I feel even though I know that Resident Evil is drastically different than the rest of them, I've not seen mm-hmm. all of it. I just I just know it's it's different. I know the universe. I know how it works. It is more mm-hmm. of a survival horror where amnesia is just like horror, right? Like it's just a, yeah. it's just atmospherically terrifying. So I feel like I and I and if you were creating that atmosphere around you as well, I just would mm-hmm. not handle that well. Okay, last one. I also wanted to do terrifying or fear and Jason and I actually mm-hmm. talked about this before because we wanted to make sure that you know what we chose in terms of emotions was good. So we agreed that we would both be able to do this one. But I did yeah. mine based on non-scary games. Oh my god, okay. So, Jason, which do you think is more terrifying? The piano in Mario 64? <laughs> or the dentist scene from Bioshock? Oh my gosh. Um, do you remember the dentist more- scene? Yes, uh, which is more terrifying? Yes, which to you is more terrifying? <laughs> oh man! Um, wow. Do you want, do you so want to describe I, both of these to our viewers? Because I feel like these are the, a these are outside uh, the realms of RPGs, but b like they're very specific. So, okay, so I know the more scary one to me is the Mario oh, example. God, I shit, um, shit bricks when that <laughs> happened. I, <laughs> uh, but. Okay, I'll I'll describe the Mario one. You can describe the Dennis one. So the Mario one to me was the scary one because it came out of nowhere that this was going to happen. So if you don't have the game or you haven't played it, it's Mario 64 and you're in Boo's Tower. I don't remember the level. It's the ghost house level. The ghost house, basically. Yeah. And you go up to one of the top floors and there's a piano, which is I think at the moment at the time you might have seen the piano before in the game. I'm not I even don't sure. Think so I think it's the first time you see it. It's the first time you see that model. Sure. It's the first time you see the model, but you like don't think of anything different of it. And then you walk past it and that friggin' piano is alive and has like huge teeth and like starts chasing after you and chomping. And it makes like piano heavy. This, piano like, dong, dong, dong. Yeah. yeah. As it goes and it just comes out of nowhere. And uh, yeah, that was kind of scary. Well, if you think about and when that... the N64 came out too, mm-hmm. I mean, like, we were fifth, sixth, fourth grade around then. That's scary for a yeah. kid. It is scary for a kid. I totally agree. And I think that it was just not what I was expecting. And it was frightening. So much so that uh, one of my friends was streaming uh, Mario 3D All-Stars back in what? November when it came out. And I happened to tune in right at that scene. And I wasn't like scared anymore. Everyone knew it was coming. But uh, <laughs> he did it and it still made him kind of jump because like you just don't. It's just very sudden. So I think that's what was kind of Especially scary. When and I feel Boo, like Mario's not known for being a scary game and the boos yeah. aren't really scary either. They're they're cute. So They're kind of cute. Yeah. Or how about the Bioshock Oh man, yeah, that example? was Uh oh god. Um it was still scary to me, but I just it, it doesn't stick out in my mind even all that much as much as the Mario one because I feel like I was ready to be like jump scared or like frightened. So it was like I was like emotionally ready to have this come at me so the way that one works is you walk into the dentist Mm -hmm. office and Mm -hmm. um is it it nitrogen something happens to your screen and it kind of freezes yeah you get like you get gassed yeah lets you know you are prepared for some kind of jump scare yeah some shenanigans are coming and then (laughs) you pick up a plasmid and as soon as you pick it up and you turn around there's a person right behind right there yeah it's right there and like they were both for me like 
Bioshock has, is a little bit more atmospherically scary, but I wouldn't say it's a scary game. Definitely. It's definitely an action game. But which would you think is scarier? I mean, I... Okay, so if, if it was me, I guess, I would probably be more, like, frightened in Bioshock world. But as a gamer, the thing that scared me more was probably the Mario example. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely so, want it as a gamer. As a gamer, Mario is more scary. My second runner-up for Mario, because I know I wanted to pick something for Mario... But this might just be a me thing. Was the eel in the water world? I oh was terrified of that eel. Like I could not go near okay. it. It was so scary. Okay, I don't know what it is with. Maybe it's just no. This is even Nintendo, but with just the N sixty four in general and scary ass things in the water. But I was. I also hated the uh, the metal shark in Banjo Kazooie. You know what I'm talking about? I do. But uh, does this stem from your phobia of whales? You know, honestly, maybe, but. This is really just more so it was freaking frightening. So if if you don't know the scene, you're in this world that's polluted and you go into the water and eventually you need to go through this tube. And on the other side of this tube is this actually docile semi-sentient robot shark. But like when you go in, the camera like pans down and you just see his creepy ass eyes and his big ass mouth. And then it just looks so scary. And like, uh, I just I never wanted to play that scene. I always hated going in there to get that jiggy. Yeah, I don't think that's as scary as the Mario example. But I think if you are a little afraid of large aquatic creatures, I can totally see where that can, can stem from. I'm really happy that we did that because that was definitely a lot <laughs> more fun than I thought it was going to be. Not that I thought it was going to be. Totally, totally. I planned it. You know, I came out with the entire podcast. It's all mine. I'm just. Wow. Curious. OK. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. No, but like that, that was surprisingly fun. Yeah, it was good. And it's all based on video games you can play and enjoy, too. What? Gaming. Would you rather live in a world of Pokemon or Hyrule? Let us know what you think of these would-you-rathers over on our Instagram at HeyRPGamer. Thank you for tuning in to podcast number two about Gamer Feels. We really appreciate you being with us today. If you want to hear more from us, you can look out for our next podcast about retro revivals coming soon. We also stream all types of games, too. You can find us on twitch.tv slash heyrpgamer. Be sure to check out the Hey RP Gamer YouTube channel as well. We have our past live streams and essay content for your viewing pleasure. Lastly, if you want to hear more of my content, you can check out my personal blog over at downstab.com. Gamers, thank you so much for stopping by today. Now go out there and get gaming.